coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the cream, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this suit is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by the good people of Bud Light. Week number five was just as exhilarating as the first four weeks. We have a record number of fourth quarter comebacks through five weeks of the NFL season. We also, however, have a record number of passing yards racked up. We have a record number of total yards being racked up. It is on tilt in the National Football League. We have the Lions and Bills leading their respective conferences through five weeks who would have thought that? Who would have thought the Niners would be 4-1, and one, just like the Saints are in the NFC? The Giants having an opportunity to go to 4-1 and one and then losing at home to the Seattle Seahawks. What is up with that? Other 4-1 and one teams in the NFL include the Patriots and the San Diego Chargers. Those are as expected, but uh, unexpected. The 2-3 and three Jets, the 2-3 and three Falcons, the 2-3 and three Bears. And the one and four Philadelphia Eagles. Holy smokes. What is up with that? We will talk about what is going on with some of these teams and also the defenses in the National Football League later on with the former uh, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, Super Bowl winning head coach and NFL Network and Fox analyst Brian Billick is going to join us here on the edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by the Bud, uh, folks at Bud Light. He called the Eagles-Bills game. Uh, last week, he's going to call the Eagles-Redskins game. This week, he called the Bucks and the Falcons a couple of weeks ago. So he's uh, he's got some thoughts on what's going on with the Falcons and the Eagles and whether the Redskins are for real. And uh, we'll also talk with him about our first guest, uh, a man he uh, was part of drafting into the National Football League, the all-around Pro Bowl safety of the Baltimore Ravens, Ed Reed, sitting on a bye week at 3-1 and after thrashing the Jets a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he's getting ready for the Houston Texans, who uh, lost uh, an emotional game as the Oakland Raiders uh, coming up with a big win after the passing of Al Davis. And uh, the Raiders are at 3-2, and two, just like the Texans and uh, also the Titans. So it's a big game, the Titans at the, Ra- uh, the uh, Texans at the Ravens this week. It was a huge game last year. That game had a lot of points, and it was quite a comeback. Uh, that the Ravens needed to put on after being up. And so I want to ask Ed Reed if uh, he's seeing anything on film already that can get up on Schaub. And also, if you saw the Belichick documentary, you saw how Belichick and Brady were talking quite a bit about Ed Reed. So there's lots to talk about with uh, with the, the all-world future Hall of Fame safety from the U, Ed Reed, and also Brian Billick on this show. We're going to have another podcast coming out later this week as well. Chris Cooley of the Washington Redskins at 3-1. And, and I'm going to bring back uh, a couple of uh, analysts that were on the podcast last year and uh, seemed to capture the fancy of many people who listen to this podcast. And now that it's also televised, we're going to put them on NFL Network. 
It's a 10-year-old Jake Robinson and 11-year-old Antonio Stefan. Out of the mouths of babes, you will not believe the football analysis that you will hear. So keep an ear out for that one. That's later on, but right now let's get to our first guest. Welcoming back to the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light, none other than the great Ed Reed, the ball hawking safety of the Baltimore Ravens. Good to chat with you again, Ed. Thanks for calling in. Always good, Rich, man. How's it going? How is everything with you? What would you do in your bye week? Um, I went back um, home to Georgia and uh, spent some time with my little man that just worked out. That's it? Yeah, I didn't do much at all, man. That that was good enough for me. Do you sit? Well, you, do you sit around and watch watch the tube when you're not working out and hang with your 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 little man? Yeah, I watch the you know I watch the college games and everything, taking out the games on Sunday. Mm. But for the most part, throughout the the off week, you know, it's just spending time with the little man. Coach gave us some time off, so you know, it was a chance to get away for a few days. Yeah, during the NFL game day morning meeting on Saturday, it was fun watching Irvin and Sapp check their uh, their uh, their phones every now and then as uh, the U was mounting that Virginia Tech comeback right there. They were they were slamming the tables. They weren't too happy at the very end there. Yeah, it's back. Tyrod got a message uh, from Michael Irvin. <laughs> he had an interview with Mike, so... <laughs> You got a T-shirt coming for me too. Is that right? No kidding. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. See now, now I know why Irvin was upset. It was more than just the the old college try right there. He was. Yeah, he was talking something to um, Tyrod on the phone. Um, Tyrod did an interview. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he was pounding the table in the middle of the meeting. We're having a discussion. All of a sudden, you'd hear this this big whap right on the table, and we looked up like, "What's that all about?" And he was just not happy. In the end. Yeah, it was bad. I didn't even get to see it. It was blacked out where I was at. Right. So uh, you also had a, a bye week to also savor and enjoy uh, what you did to the New York Jets in front of the home crowd, in front of a nationally televised audience. You just putting the bang thing on the New York Jets. Uh, the fact that that's Rex, your old defensive coordinator on the other sideline, does that put an extra cherry on top anytime you beat the Jets like that? I mean, it was, you know, it was us playing against their team, you know, not necessarily playing against Rex. You know, I know he's a coach, but, I mean, we're the ones on the football field, and that's how we look at it, you know. So, I mean, it was good, though, seeing Rex playing against those guys, man, knowing we was running the same calls at each other, you know, but it was just good to be successful that day. It was an incredible amount of points scored by both defenses that night, certainly in a season where, where offenses are going off the hook right now. That had to be at least a, a, a especially enjoyable seeing defenses rule a night at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, we we, we, we don't, don't talk about defenses as much as we talk about offense because they're the guys that are scoring, you know, the points and everything. But, I mean, the defense would play, you know, a couple teams. You know, watching Detroit last night, I wanted to take you that. I was watching the game. You know, watching those guys play defense, you know, that's what it's about, too. You know, it's not just a one-sided game. When you're watching Detroit and you're watching Calvin Johnson play the way that he's playing, how how would how can you cover Calvin Johnson right now, Ed? You got to be disciplined. You know, you got to know where he's at at all times, you know, and definitely not let him get behind you, you know, regardless of how much time the quarterback has, you know. But, I mean, it's a hard job, too, because they're a good team. They're a good balanced team. You know, they they did what they needed to do to win the football game last night. Right. And in terms of, uh, I'm sure you also watched the Sunday night game, too, with Aaron Rodgers and the Atlanta Falcons, certainly with you being in Georgia, as you said you you were. 
Yeah. What what do you think as you watch somebody like Rodgers at the controls of an offense and seemingly mastering it the way he is doing right now? He's a leader. You know, he understands, you know, the weapons that he have around him, and he spreads it around. I mean, his poise, you know, being in that pocket, working the pocket, you know, and understanding, you know, where he's at on the field and just playing the game, watching him make decisions, you know, when to take a sack or, or throw it away. You know, those are the things that you have to do to command your, your, your offense the way he does and, you know, playing to his, his defensive strengths too, knowing his defense. Right, and the defense, though, I mean, Atlanta was 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 hitting him. He was hitting him around in a way that we haven't seen him hit, certainly this year. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he uncorks that 70-yard throw to James Jones, and the game has changed right, yeah. right on the bat. Weather the storm. They weathered the storm. You know, they knew, they knew Atlanta was going to come out emotional after last year's game, you know, but they have a good team, and they can score points. And their defense was not going to let Atlanta score, like, you know, 20, 30 points on them, you know. So, and I mean, the the explosiveness of Green Bay, they can get down the field real easy as they show. <laughs> what do you think about your own quarterback's development? Where do you think Joe Flacco is in the scheme of things right now? I think he's getting there. I think Joe has been developing into to that Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback because he has the arm, he has the attributes. It's just a matter of it all coming together and, and, and that confidence really, you know, being there for him, and I know he has the confidence. Joe really does have the confidence. So, you know, it's just a matter of time. Him adjusting, you know, the defensive, um, well, to the defense, and you know, playing playing with the Cam scheme. You know, it, it also goes with your with your coaching and how they're working with that quarterback. You know, that makes a big difference. You know, so. We got to see how it develops, and hopefully, it develops this season. Well, it doesn't seem. How patient do you think the fan base is there? Because just from uh, my perch out here, it seems that uh, you know when you see somebody as young as Rogers succeed as he ha- is succeeding, and you see somebody like Roethlisberger and Brady succeed as early as they did, and you also even see Matt Ryan, even though he lost on Sunday night. Uh, you see what he's been able to do early on in his career that a lot of people are sort of, you know, tapping their feet a little bit saying, all right, Joe, it's now time for you to take this leap forward. How how do you think he's handling that situation? I mean, good. I think, I think Joe is doing well with that. You know, I think he really is. Joe is a leader, you know, Joe, Joe is a true leader, you know, but like I said, it's going to be a matter of, you know, everything being in place for Joe. You know, from from coaching to, to to defense, you know, us playing the way we're supposed to play and doing getting off the football field the way your offense can get into you know a rhythm, you know. But it also got to be about the offensive guys, you know, blocking, you know, running routes, you know, and catching the ball, you know. So it all it all plays together. But I think Joe is the quarterback that can that can do it. Do you think you got a championship team on your hands right here, Ed? Yeah. I think we've been had a championship team. It's just a matter of decision making when you're supposed to make a decision. You know, football is a game we're playing. You know, at certain points, you know, you got to understand certain decisions that you're making. You know, it's play calling. You know, running the football, protecting the football. You know, keeping the lead. You know, so you just got to make those right decisions at those crucial times, and that's. Uh, that's what I think we haven't been able to do, and I think we've, we've been building it. We've been trying to correct it, and it's just it's a matter of correcting it 
you know, at, at, at those big moments in the game. Right. Uh, did you see the Belichick documentary, Ed? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, you, you know, uh, one of the more fascinating moments of that documentary is the amount of time leading up to a Ravens game that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had just talking about you. Yeah. You know, Foxworth, you know, he's, I think he's fairly instinctive. And then Ed, I think we know about Ed. Our favorite. Ed Reed's Ed Reed. Yeah, he covers up for a lot of stuff. Everything he does, he does at, a, at an exceptional level. Yeah. He looks like he's guessing more than he ever has. <laughs> his heart which is saying something. Yeah. Yeah. But, boy, he's got a burst. And, you know, he's crouching down low back there, you know, playing, playing real low. Um, but, you know, he changes it up. You can't... I mean, it's just so obvious when he's reading a quarterback. Yeah. Those receivers will run right past him, and he never flinches. Yeah. He doesn't even acknowledge him, and he's just reading a quarterback. Yeah. He's always moving. One thing about playing against Ed is you just... You're always so aware of where he is. It's almost... You know, it's not like he sneaks up on you, or he can't sneak up on you. And I'm wondering what your thought was when you saw that on NFL Network. Well, it's, it's so much respect, you know, for those guys and what they do, you know, and for, for, for to see that, you know, and know that's how it happens. You know, I mean, I go in, I go in there. I'm usually in the um, office with my coaches, you know, on Tuesday, right now watching tape, you know. So it's 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 how they work, you know. I mean, I've been had a Huge respect for Coach Belichick and what he does, what he does, and what he do over there with New England, and just hearing about his coaching, you know, and having a chance to, um, you know, be around him at the Pro Bowl, man. Coach Coach Belichick is awesome, you know. So I mean, for for them to be doing that, it was it was fun to watch it. It really was. Did you pick anything up? Um, I, I think Tennessee did because it came on the week we was playing Tennessee, and they actually came out and ran that exact route. Is that, that, um, is that right? <laughs> that yeah, if you go back and watch it, it's, it's, we call it Speedo. You know, it's, they, they sent two crosses from my left, and Kenny Britt was on the other side, and he came across underneath those two crosses. And I saw it the whole time, but I needed my corner to go high and get to the middle of the field. <laughs> so they held it. You know, I didn't, I didn't break on it until late. You know, obviously, just to make the tackle, and I got a slight little face mask on Kenny Britt on the pass. You know, so I said, you know what, Tennessee watched. <laughs> they watched it, man. <laughs> so we, we, we did our own uh, survey here, our own rating survey, that the Tennessee Titans are watching NFL Network, essentially, based on that play. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it. And and I, I imagine you also saw um, that Bill Belichick uh, in that game later on. He didn't tell you to go F yourself the way he told Derek Mason either, right? No, I don't. I don't talk to Coach Lamar to feel like that, man. I mean, some people some people can do it and still right. play. You know, Mason does it. You know, if I do say something, it's probably, you know, or something like that if I ran to, ran to their sideline. You know, but I, you know. It's it's within the game right there. You got a certain focus. Ain't got time for all that conversation. Well, you know, Ed, it's interesting. When you see 
the 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 best in the game like Belichick and Brady spending time just talking about you and you take a look at your career and what you've been able to accomplish and uh, I looked at your stats and I looked at your 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 body of work and the thing that sort of leaps out at me that I think a lot of fans don't don't know because you've been so associated with Ray Lewis and this defense and the style of defense is that you you haven't played in a Super Bowl yet. I think if you polled most fans, they would think you were part of that Super Bowl championship team of the Ravens because of how how much you're associated with this franchise and its winning ways and its defense. Uh how 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 much do you think about that 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 as you move on in your career you've got to get to that game. Yeah, just like today every every day in the past that I've been playing football, I prepared to be in that championship game. Like today, I'm thinking about that championship game, you know, and getting there, the process of getting there. And that's that's me watching film. That's me doing that diligently throughout the year, you know, being the best teammate I can be, you know, come Sunday, you know. So, I mean, that's it, man. That's that's the only how far I think about it is that I'm preparing for That's what I work for in the offseason. I'm, I'm not going to come into camp and give you anything less than the championship effort. You know, come Sunday. You know, so that's what I want my teammates to know. And that's what that's how I was raised. <laughs> you know, to play the game. You know, and going through Miami the same way. That's what they expected. You know, that's what people expected. You know, whether they went to Miami or not, they expected us to have a championship team. So when they played us, they gave us championship effort. So playing against that week in week out, you prepared for it. You know, that's why the game has always been a certain way to me, playing the game, you know, and trying to be that best We're losing you, Ed. Are you, are you moving around? No, no, I'm sitting down. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like you're muffled a little bit, but... I, I, it, yeah. it is interesting what you're saying. So as you're as you're sitting here getting set for the Houston Texans, you're you're still thinking about a championship game and envisioning it and, and knowing what you would do in certain situations, even. Yeah, it's an indie, right? <laughs> and you're always on the road, you know, to get to that championship game. You know, you got to realize when you're on that road, and I feel like we are on it. You know, that's what we're here for. It's got to be a championship effort. It has to be. Well, Ed, um, let me ask you this question, point blank. If you get to the championship game this year and win it, is it a possibility you walk off Strahan, Bettis, Elway-like? That's it? No, not at all. I love love playing football. I I love football, Rich. I mean, this is what I was born to do. You know, some people are born to fix computers and, and, and make a car. Football is what I was born to do. You know, and so long as I can work out and get myself physically ready to play in season, that's what I'm going to do until I, I feel like that uh, walking away. Right now, I don't feel like that. So have you, as you are currently sitting there and looking at film of Matt Schaub, have you already, days before, picked up on something that you think you can exploit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen things that, that they've been running throughout this year, you know, I think you're 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 talking off your phone. Are you hitting something on your phone there, Ed? It sounds like Man, you know. It, I would say the service I have, but I don't want to really talk bad about nobody. <laughs> no, but it sounds like you're going in and out, like uh, like you're 
you're muffled in one way and then it sounds again. So you've already picked up something on, on Matt Schaub that you think you can exploit this week? Oh, yeah, definitely, Rich. Just from watching them, watching a couple games, yeah. Already? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that time. <laughs> and, and, it's that time. I've been watching them since last week. <laughs> right, and that's the bye week for you. And, of course, last year, what a game you guys played. That was incredible. That was one of the more exciting games of the year that you needed to – pull out in overtime after being uh, up in control of that game. How much are you using that game uh, to get ready for this year? Oh, Rich, I, I used it all the time in the offseason. We played 90 plays <laughs> on defense. We played 90 plays, Rich. You know? I mean, you got to be in shape for that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the long, that was the longest game of the season for us. You know? I mean, it's like two games in one almost, man. 90 plays, that's unheard of. Let me ask you this one too, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Ed, it, this year offenses have been off the chart. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. You take a look at the passer uh, numbers, the passing yard numbers, highest average net passing yards per game through week five since 1970. It's 20 yards more than the previous record. Highest average net yards per game since 1970. It's 16 yards higher than the previous time. Most total net passing yards through week five since 1970. It is 4,000 yards more than the previous record, which, by the way, was last year. And the record before that was the year before that. What is going on in the NFL, do you think, Ed? The game has changed, Rich. The game has changed from a corporate standpoint. And they're making it offensive. You know, if 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 you can sit through if you can sit through um meetings every training camp and they change rules to where the defensive guys can only do so much, you know. I mean the game was so much I was thinking that today watching NFL Network top um top one hundred. And um, it was it was it was a bunch of guys like Bart Starr and all those guys. When they played the game, when Mike Singletary and all them guys played the game, it was a different football game. You know, they didn't have all those rules. It was football how I grew up playing football. You know, without all the rules. There's one football that eleven against this eleven. It's tackle football. Let's go. Anything goes. You know, so they get they they got rid of the anything goes attitude and trying to protect guys from a um, you know life standpoint, I guess you could say, because of these injuries with, with with all these injuries that are happening. But I mean, you can't hit a guy until he catches the ball and turn around, you know, and make a move. Come on, man, <laughs> that's not football. You want me to wait to tackle him? So what would that be the one rule? If I gave you a magic wand and the ability to remove one rule from the playbook, which one would you remove? Oh, man, we got to talk about uniforms and everything. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so prime I want to talk about that. Well, come on, man, I can't be mean on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if, if you would remove one, I mean, you wouldn't talk about, you know, how high you wear uh, your socks or anything like that, right? I mean, if you... No. I mean, I mean, I understand that the look so. No, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, probably the the, the pricing of the fines, <laughs> you know. But um, no, I mean, there's a lot of that's the rules, Rich. You know, you can't hit a guy like I said till he turns around, and make a move, a football move. Um, five yards, you can't touch the guy five yards. 
you know, that's that's, that's seven on seven stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, that's stuff they play in the mirror of sports. If I'm not mistaken, you can't touch a guy for five yards in the mirror of sports. First, it was it was that rule there first. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was talking about this the other day. I think with Dion as we're watching games, that maybe it's time, maybe seven yards, you or even eight yards from the line of scrimmage. You have an ability to jam a receiver. Would that help? Would that make a yeah. difference? Yeah, definitely. I mean, offense is all about timing, and they know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I say it's 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 an offensive game. You know, defensive we are very limited on some of the things we can do. We had the rule book and go through all the things that kinda hinders the defense from doing things. You know, how are you gonna hinder us from tackling? You know? I understand keep your head up, don't hit the person with your helmet. I'm I'm totally against that. You know? Uh, I'm I'm against that. But hitting the guy as soon as you get the ball, come on. That's how we was raised to play it. Right. Uh, last question for you, Ed. Uh, I, I, I've watched a lot of football. I, don't, I haven't watched every single down of Ravens football, but I do see most uh, downs of every game. Uh, I, we're four games in. I haven't seen you lateral yet. I haven't seen you pick one off and lateral yet. Um, is everything Okay. Because that's, I just want to make sure you're you're all right. Normally, normally I'm watching you lateral, and I haven't seen that yet. I was an option quarterback in high school, so it, it, it's in me, you know. But you know, it, it has to be that rich. I'm not trying to pitch it this year. I'm trying to get back to the end zone. So really, uh, you're you're are you coming? Is this is this something? Is this breaking news here that I, on my podcast that you are you are not going to look to lateral the football this year? I'm not looking to lateral it. No, not at all. If it's there, I take it, Rich. But you know, because I got I got some teammates that can score. You know, I got I got Ladarius Webb behind right. me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 33 now. I can still run now. Don't get me wrong, no. Rich. But hey, you know, if if Ladarius Webb is in pitch position, I'll pitch to him. Okay, good. Maybe uh, even Kerry Williams. <laughs> okay, that that's good. I like it. But the bottom line is 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 you are more maybe prone to go down. You're not going to force it. If it's there, you're going to take it, but you're not forcing it now. Not at all, Rich. No, no. It's high and tight. It's high and tight. Sort of like my hairstyle. High and tight. Mm-hmm. Clean cut. Clean cut. High and tight. Ed Reed, you're the best. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. All right, Rich, my man. man. Always good talking to you. Same here. You take care of yourself. That's the one and only pro bowler, future Hall of Famer. I said it. Ed Reed here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Pleased to welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast, Super Bowl winning head coach, and also Fox analyst, and also here on NFL Network, none other than Brian Billick. Good yes, to sir. see you, sir. Good to see you. Love doing this. Be, thank you. Thank you. You've got a coach's show podcast. We are, we are You know too. what? Uh, did Jim Moore and I wake up in the middle of the night? Uh, coach's show presented <laughs> by, or he'll go, uh, uh, NFL Coaches Podcast. NFL.com slash podcast. It, it just comes. It just comes and out. And then the two of you out. guys on Sunday, on weekends, fly off and do games for Fox. Yeah, that's, so. yeah I love that, though. I do. I love sitting in a different facility every Friday, mm-hmm. talking to coaches, players, general managers. And Sunday, I get that energy fix and then get on a plane and don't care who won or lost and sleep a lot better than either one of the coaches. I, I bet. I bet. Before we get to uh, some of the games that you've covered recently and some of the teams that you've seen in person, we just had Ed Reed yeah. on the podcast, and I'd love to get your recollections of when you first saw him on tape when you because you drafted him in right. 2002. In you Baltimore. know, he was it, like Ray Lewis, like Todd Heap. He was a late 20 pick. I think he was 26, 27, something like that. So when you're picking late, the group of guys you're looking at mm-hmm. is there. there's always that qualifier. 
you know, Ray Lewis, he was too small, right? You love the guy, but boy, and, and, and uh, Todd Heap, well, could he be physical enough, you know? And Ed Reed, it really, the, the only qualifier was, do you really want to take a safety? You know, you can get a safety in the third or fourth round. And when you looked at the tape, when you looked at him play and you thought, boy, this is a great player, but God, do I really want to take a safety? That's a, you know, there's so many other positions. And I'll be honest with you. We took him, glad to have him. Didn't know until we got him just how special. You knew he was a special player. When you're when you're the guy at the U from that position, right? you just inherently know, okay, there's something special about this guy. I don't know if I can quantify it because I see it on the tape. But then then when you get him and the way he prepares, and uh, I've there is one play I will share with you that is the consummate Ed Reed. They're playing Baltimore. This is after I left. Maybe that's why he's playing so good because I left. No, um, right. He baited Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't some slappy rookie. Yeah. Okay, this was Peyton Manning. Right. He's in the middle of the field, saw where Peyton was looking, turned and started that way because he knew Peyton was going to shuffle, turn, and before Peyton, as he was just mid-stroke, turned, wheeled, and sprinted to where he knew the ball was going to be intercepted and brought it back about 20, 30 yards. Now, when you can get Peyton Manning, that tells you what kind of special player you are. And I brought this up with Ed, too. One of my favorite parts of the Belichick documentary was the – moment in the office in Belichick's office where Brady's going through his what it seems weekly or perhaps even daily or, or bi-weekly um, coaches uh, quarterbacks meeting mm-hmm. and the two of them they spent a lot of time talking about Ed Reed sure. about how good he is and how and that's the that's the proverbial keeping the other coaching staff up just by the mere Absolutely. thought of walking into your stadium. And what it does to a quarterback, whether it's a Troy Polamalu, a Rod Woodson, who I was fortunate to, and of course you're familiar with and good friends with, but right. to have uh, to watch those three guys and prepare for a Troy Polamalu the same way, you know that that quarterback, particularly if he has to turn his back to the play on a play action, he comes out and the first thing he's got to do is, okay, where's 46? Right. You know, where's, 20, where, where's Ed Reed? Before I do, so that pause, because you want to come out, see it, and throw it. But now you've got to go, I'm not doing anything until I know where this guy is. Where's and, 20? Yeah. And that's and that's what was so amazing or stultifying, to be honest, about uh, uh, the first play from scrimmage offensively for the Jets a couple of Sunday nights ago. Ed Reed standing right there on on the line of scrimmage, and it was he was unaccounted for. Yeah. And it was this sack, fumble, game over. Tone setter, game over pretty much right then and there. For the Baltimore Ravens at home against the Jets. And even if you know he's there, he has a knack. A lot of people, he doesn't do it as much now, but his ability to block punts. He has a knack for coming off the edge, kind of like the great pass rushers that know how to set and dip or power rush or whatever they whatever's their thing is. His ability to you know, the get off on the snap and then to get skinny turn those shoulders and dip and just the way he has to, to get after blocked punts. I can't tell you how many games we won or impacted with him blocking a punt. And the same thing coming off the edge. He's a, he's an incredible pass rusher when he gets in that mode. Did did you uh, consult Ray or did Ray come up to you during the process of whether or not you were going to choose? Oh, you know, anytime you, you somebody from the U, right. you know, you kind of know what you're getting and that's a positive across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. you have stereotypes as a coach and mm-hmm. I know Ozzy does there. I won't betray confidences here, but there are certain schools that I want nothing to do with a guy from this school. And Ozzy wanted nothing to do from this guy from this school because we just were burnt too many times. And when a guy was there, you had to kind of check yourself and going, okay, let's hear it. Right. But you have preconceived. When you take a guy from the U, you have to be careful you don't overgo the other way. Going, oh, okay, he's automatically a great player. Well, he probably is. 
But we have had such good luck with players from the as so many teams have mm-hmm. that yeah that does it raises your stock a little bit but you never asked ray you know what ray would always come in and, and offer suggestions <laughs> which uh, uh but you know what and 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 not only out of respect for ray but you also okay well why let me tell me how much film you looked at because sure. there's a perspective there and the fact the thing with ray obviously he knew about ed because of his association there and that special quality that you hear about as a coach and you kind of go, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But when you hear it from a Ray Lewis, right. that there's something special about this guy in terms of his leadership ability, the way he prepares for a game, then you go, ooh, okay, well, that's that's worth noting. Let's hit on some teams that you called some games uh, and you have seen on Fox with your own two eyes, mm. including this past week. Yeah, You saw the Eagles right then and there, up close and personal, just shoot themselves in the foot again against the Buffalo Bills. And it, it seems... Uh, that, you know, the, the Parcells adage, you are what you are in the mm-hmm. national football. They're a one in four team. I mean, yeah. it's not like, it's not like, oh, if, but this, that. And it's they easy l- to see why. And so go for it. Why? But, and, and it's fixable. But is as, it fixable? Well, but it is Marv Levy says it's simple to identify, but hard to actually do. Um, turnovers. And missed tackles. I mean, you let's give them some credit, too. They were out of that game. And it was in Buffalo, and the fans were into it. It was an incredible atmosphere. Beautiful day. They were down 21-7. And, and they emotionally stayed with it till let's remember, they almost came back. But turnovers, not all Michael Vick. You know, Jason Avant, good player. But two of them, he just basically, and I, I'm overstating it because he not by design, obviously, but lately just said, here, you take the ball. Right. And and set them up for scores, uh, missed tackles galore, and that that's something. That, but how can you fix that? Certainly, when you can't, you can't. Well, you have a finite yeah. number of padded practices now. And the problem is, if you focus, it's like anything. If you focus on like the fumbler, if all you say is "Don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble," that's all he's thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and want you talk with Juan Castillo, talk to uh, 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 Reed, uh, Andy Reed, and it's okay. Look, we have the individual drills. We're, we're focusing on it. Well, maybe you're focusing too much on it because it's not getting done. Well, in last week's podcast, Michael Lombardi said that Andy Reid has such trouble managing the clock, he should outsource that job to India, is what he said. And then at the end of the first half, yeah. I mean, you've got nine seconds left on the clock, and you know you're in a, you're in, you're on the road, so you know you you know that somebody's finger is going to be a little bit so, sort of like that that butcher with his finger on the scale. I mean, it, you know. How do you not go for three points well, right there? But, but it's a little like at the end of the game when the guy jumped off sides. Everybody in the world, including Parker, knew they were going to no, face I know, I know that. But Vic knows, too, what the exactly clock is. Right. But, if you, but you could, though, well, that's remove my point. that from, your, from, from the equation. But that it, my, that's my point. You coach it up. The players were aware of that. Now, that's where you you know gray hairs or lose hair like I do. Mm-hmm. Of how, how could you do that? Michael Vic knew. And I got to know, there's no question in my mind that the final instructions were Michael Vick. Because they had, they had 11 seconds, okay? And they sh- took a shot, okay? So now it's down to eight. Well, your, your, your fire team field goal where you can rush the field goal, that's dead. Right. So your options are limited. This is an end zone shot. And you know it's, look, you got time for a set, shuffle, throw, period. Nothing clear cut, throw it away. That's all you have time for. He didn't You've do that. practiced it. And I made the comment on, I said, that's, you know, Andy Reid's done that. Michael Vick's a veteran. He knows that now. This is what you're going to see. And he set, shuffles, 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 scramble, shuffles, and then throws it away. At that point, Didn't even I'll throw take a shot in the end zone. Right? Yeah, go down right. with your boots on if you're going to do that. If you got to know, okay, right. I've screwed this thing up. We're not going to get a field goal shot. I'm going to go down with my boots on. But don't, don't, I mean, 
and and so that's the one that that you come back as a coach and and you look at one another and going, okay, we covered this, and and this is not just this week, not just that day. I mean, this is your standard operating procedure. You cover these situations like the false snap count. How many have we seen in the last couple of weeks? Well, you called one couple of weeks. Tampa ago. and Atlanta. We saw we saw it last night in uh, uh, Detroit, mm. and a winning team at home has a lot more focus than that struggling team on the road. You know, it, it happens, sure. but it's still. Um, and here's the other tough part is Quan Parker may have had a heck of a game. It's just like offensively and you have a heck of a game, but you jump off one side, ah, off time, one time. And, but the other 10 guys do it just one time. That's 11 procedure penalties. It, it, that's going to get you beat. It's hard because you can't personalize it. If it were just one guy, it'd be simple. You know what, son, you come join me on the bench and, and, uh, so it is hard. Andy's in a tough place right now. Well, a tough place too because his defensive coordinator—he's not even on the griddle. That—that's an understatement yeah. right now in Philadelphia. And Chris Mortensen on the Monday night game said that they're going to get a defensive consultant. The Eagles denied wow. that on Tuesday, but the discussions are already out there. The 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 buzzards are swirling to well, say the least at one and four. What do you think Andy Reid does? Jim Moore put, and I were put that out there two weeks ago that we will see the dreaded consultant show up which is a nightmare. It never works. It, it never does. All it does is create confusion and uncertainty. That And that may be what they're holding off. But short of, of a more drastic step, yeah, um, Juan, when you look at the defense, and Juan's a good man. I've known him for a long time. He's a good coach. This is a hell of a place to be your first job coordinating a defense. And what I see defensively is – I don't see the center. You know, they'll tell you, look, linebackers got to cover defensive line. Secondary's got to cover the linebackers in this scheme in terms of these wide nine alignments and the way you – okay, I understand that, but I'm not seeing it, okay? You're, you're not – when you see those wide nines and you see the will linebacker now roll a, a rookie – that's a big space, and you better have, you know, it's it's the same gap defense. you got to have this picket fence, and if you're going to have someone wide here, you better have a body or two fill in that C and D gap if you got a guy who's in a way and, and you're How not are you seeing gonna it. going to fix that, though? Well, you got to— Because you got the Redskins now. Yeah. They couldn't set the edge against the Bills, right? And Fred Jackson is superb. He's going to Hawaii. Yeah. Ryan Terrain, I saw what he looked like when he finally got healthy a couple— That's He's one cut and gone. You, and here's Hulu, the problem. And these guys are going to be coming downhill. If they can't set the edge and can't tackle, this is a wrap coming Here, up in D.C., isn't it? I, and even though—hold on. Even though I know Vic had a game of the ages yep. against this defense yep. on Monday night last year in the same setting in, in uh, FedEx— so how do you see this one? Here's the problem. You, what do we hear? All right, we got to get back to fundamentals. Well, what if you're fundamentally wrong? <laughs> then okay, that that that's a tough one. I, this one, I, I'll use the same perspective. I since I'm doing the game, I want to be a little careful here because um, you know you don't try to choose sides or whatever. I don't know that you don't choose the Eagles because they absolutely have to. have to. And there's something to that. I mean, absolutely have to. Mike Vick, uh, Jim Mora. Did the San Francisco Philadelphia game and Mike Vick said, Jim, we got to have this game. This is a must win. Then the next week they told us, well, this is a must must win. <laughs> okay, well, they this, won is, anyway. this is must win on steroids. I mean, this one <laughs> is absolutely. If this one in the division against a team who whose design should fit better what you're trying to do defensively, Buffalo was a bad matchup for them. The way they got spread out. Um, yeah, this one, this one will be the tipping point. Let me ask you this question then, because you're 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 a coach who's 
who's uh, who's been through it all. You've won a Super Bowl, and you've you've been told by the boss yeah. uh, you're no longer required here. Uh, the one first in, one's more fun. I know that. I know that. One in five Eagles. Do you think Reed can get gone? Whatever happens with Andy Reed and the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reed will be a part of that decision. And by that, I mean that that relationship. And they've been good. We can't dismiss the fact of how good. They're one of the best-run organizations, in my opinion, at the top in the league. And it's it's a trifecta between Banner and, and, and Andy and Mr. Lurie. And, and the fact that these are collective organizational decisions they make going forward and the way they support one another. But there does come a point. And, and Andy May, you know, Bill Walsh was very much an advocate of you can really only be in one place 10 years because you just – you, you got to stay true to your How court. long were you in Baltimore? Nine years. Nine years. Okay. Right. And, and, and the problem is that if you're lucky and left to last nine or 10 years, you, there's going to be a dip. If you last that long, it means you've been pretty good early. Otherwise, you're going long before that. Bill Cowher was out of the playoffs year seven, eight, and nine. Organization stuck with him, and there was a payoff. But Jeff Fisher got over that hump. Uh, Andy Reid got over that hump. But now there's got to be that payoff because at the end of the day, it, right, wrong, or indifferent. Here's here's okay. Here's mm-hmm. here's a question for you. Sure. To talk about what what should be the priorities. Nine years, I got a Super Bowl, but I got canned after nine years. Andy Reid's in year what thirteen? Yeah, a lot longer than I lasted, but he doesn't have the Super Bowl. Which one do you choose? Which job path, if you had a choice mm-hmm. going in, right? I would. I'd take the ring. Yeah. You now, can never take it away from right. me, Brian. I mean, I don't. We always joke about that because we True. don't know. We don't know who's trying to take exactly, it away right. and what they do with it if they do take it away. Right. You know what I mean? The you, competitor in you says that, but the businessman businessman says, well, you know what? He just got four more year, five more years of payday than I did. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of winning. He's a you know. You, if they choose to go in a different direction, I hate that term. Um, <laughs> That they'll, you won't get a better coach. You'll get a different coach. You well, may get a good coach, but you're not going to get a better coach. He, he will not sit around long. Plus, he, he, he well, doesn't. I don't know if he's going to do what you've done. I don't think he's got oh, the. I don't think he's got the I wanna, media. I want to be a part and, of that crowd. Yeah. Does anybody say less better than Andy Reid? I don't know if it quite works in the booth. I've been right. trying, and I don't know. Right. Um, let me do some quick hitters with you because uh, yeah, I know uh, you got to run um, the Bills. Uh, they're they're right now. It's unbelievable. The Lions, because of the, you know, the whole if the season ended today, Lions have one more division win, so they're one. They're ranked one in the NFC right now. Bills are ranked one yeah. in the AFC right now because they're four and one, and they they beat the Patriots. How 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 long lasting? They're at the Giants this week. They've got to go to Dallas. They have yes, they two do. against left the Jets. Got the Jets in They've there. They've got yep. to go to New England. How 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 will this team negotiate? the final games of their season. We're going to find out. I, I love what they're doing with the no-name defense and offense and Jackson and Johnson and Fitzpatrick, the quarterback. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to well, – it's hard to jump on board. Defensively, they don't have that dominant guy. They're playing great scheme. They get the ball, turnovers. Without the turnovers, they're very vulnerable. now. And But they've been getting the turnovers. Three straight games of the pick six. Offensively, Fitz, Fitzpatrick isn't a big play down the field, but they spread you so effectively – uh, the more talented defenses will match up. That will test them. I, I'm 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 more ready to put a paycheck on the Lions than I am the Bills right now. But the Bills are winning me over. Right. And you saw again. We alluded to this moments ago. The Bucks and the Falcons. Okay. How 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 do you rate those teams right now? The Falcons at two and three, just like the Jets, just like the Bears. 
uh, are are and the Chiefs. Those are some disappointing playoff teams from last year that are currently sitting at two and three. How do you how do you uh, uh, I guess uh, look at the Bucks and the Falcons right now? You kind of felt with the bu- the, the tough their biggest bugaboo right now is they're having slow starts. And they've been over to, able to overcome it because they've had big fourth quarter wins. And Josh Freeman, who I love, I love what Raheem Morris is doing. But they've built a couple holes now they haven't been able to get out of. That's got to change. And it's the same thing like we talked with Phil. How do you fix it? You know, if you focus on on starts and don't make this one, the players get tight. And now it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Atlanta's hard to peg. They just don't have any sync. I'm not sure Matt Ryan's healthy. I, I don't have anything to base that on. But they're not running the ball as well. They've added Julio Jones, so they've got the big well, play added to it. Catch the ball right now. It yeah, seems. everything seems to. out of sync. They're a lot more three and outs. The, the, the formula that works so well for them, they're not in sync enough to make that formula work right but now. But they hit the Packers in the mouth. And when they lost Clifton in that Sunday night game, you could see um, – uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hit like it was 09 again. Yeah. You remember when he had trouble sure, protecting absolutely. him? He's holding right. the ball a little bit too much. Right. And then he just winged that, he uncorked that gorgeous throw to James Jones. And the game changed just like that. 25 so unanswered good. points he is so on good. the road. That that could have psychological effects both for Green Bay and for Atlanta. How good is Aaron Rodgers? Uh, he's the, he's, I mean, I said in the season, if I had to pick one guy right, right now, and, and a lot of it has to do with his youth versus a Brady and whatever. But uh, he is so complete. He is so calm. He's Montana-esque in his calmness. Huh. Not glazed eyes. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, he there, there's nothing that phases him that he does. Not not just emotionally, but that he doesn't have an answer for. And Mike McCarthy as well. Right. And um, you saw Randy Moss up close and personal when he was the freak. Yeah. I mean, he was unbelievable. Is it fair? to throw Calvin Johnson in the way he's playing right now in that mix right now. The jump balls that can't be stopped, the the vertical roots that he is absolutely crushing right now. Yeah. I mean, is it fair to make that comparison? A little different than Randy, but in terms of the impact, yes, it is fair. Because how do you, you know, the old adage is you roll to speed, right. you bracket quickness, you know, but what do you do when you got the speed, the quickness, and the size? That's the thing. He doesn't have quite the leaping that Randy did, but he can just out-muscle you. He, he can just almost shrug you away. And how do you cover that? When you're on him, you're flat on him. You've got him covered and his just physical presence. And Matthew Stafford has that that sense now of where can, where do I put? I can throw him open, to use the popular term now. Mm-hmm. Like you see Aaron Rodgers with a Jermichael Finley. You can throw a Calvin Johnson open. That's a scary deal. Right. He left over three Cowboys in, yeah. that, in that game. It was unbelievable. And just out physical them. So you have the Redskins and the Eagles on yeah. Fox this yeah. week. It's a must win, by the way. It's, <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I would agree with forward. that assessment. Yeah. You yeah. know, thanks, Brian. All Appreciate right, it. Very good. You bet. you bet. Brian Billick, catch him on the Coaches Show. Download the Coaches Show podcast. Yeah. NFL.com slash podcast. There I say that go. in my sleep Very now when well I wake up at night. Brian Billick here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. In-depth, hardcore football information right there from Brian Billick. And I just loved listening to Ed Reed. I could talk defense with him all day. I mean, he's a, he, he's goofy. We can have fun with him, too. But, uh, you know, this guy wants to win a Super Bowl. And I just love how he's saying that he uh, he thinks about it every day. He's getting ready for a Week 6 game on a Tuesday is when I spoke to him on an off day. And he's he's thinking about being in a championship game. You think Ed Reed, you really do think that he's been in a Super Bowl. So, And he also had some audio issues with his phone, as you heard. I think he kept on pressing the phone up against his face. i got to be honest with you. He was going to throw his uh, his uh, phone service under the bus, but I think he was just you know, hitting the mute with his, his beard 
the beard that he's got going on that Deion Sanders caused to call him the soloist a few years ago. <laughs> he's good. Oh, man. The uh, Bud Light fan camp information for this week. Tucson, Arizona, Cleveland, Ohio, Jacksonville, Florida, and St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, the folks at Bud Light say go on out to those fan camps. Also, for more information, visit the Bud Light Facebook page. And do remember, please, you have to be 21 years or old to participate in the Bud Light fan camp. Chris Cooley and two kids. I guess it's all children on that podcast when you speak to Chris Cooley of the Washington Redskins and Antonio Stefan and uh, Jake Robinson, who you sometimes hear calling the Dan Patrick radio show. Some great keen football analysis from a couple of kids that know more than most of us. <laughs> so keep that eye and an ear peeled for the Rich Eisen podcast later on this week for the, this edition. Signing off. Peace out. Stay listening, friends.